Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Pastor Brad and Christy Webb. Whether topics covered are real, transparent, and truthful. Here are your hosts, Pastor Brad and Christy. Christy, welcome back. Brad, welcome back. To Podcast you. family, awesome. great to be back with you again. It is good to be We're here. We're excited about episode number six. We have now made six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Hope you've been there uh, with us along the way. New people are coming on each week, and so we thank you for joining us. Uh, A lot of interesting things happening in our life this week. Uh, Update on the family. Are you back to 100%, Brad? 95%. Oh, 95 is all? Yeah. Still got a little bit more to go. 95%. Still, that last 5% is just... So tough to get so, back. This is what I wonder. Are you really back up and you just don't want to admit it because that 5% allows you to take naps and, you know, just <laughs> go in there no, and like no. hang out. You don't have to, you know, oh, can you take the kids for a minute? I'm just, you know, that 5% oh, quite there yet. you even like that this morning. <laughs> if you're new to our podcast, Family is Your First Episode, Christy is talking about I was very sick a couple of weeks ago. He was. And it has been a long ways back. Not back to 100%. But yet. I'm not to 100%. Yeah. He's still I'm there mentally on. and, 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 you know, energy wise, but. Just trying to catch your body back up. Body's still not quite there. So, so yeah, I'm making great progress. Excited about that. Big week in our life this week. Our kids are all a flutter over testing. Yes. Testing, we the are- big test week. They each have a big test. They're in separate grades, obviously, and they um, they have really big tests this week. Um, one of them decide. Well, I guess they both decide whether or not they get to go to the next grade. But um, <laughs> I think you can take one of them a couple of times. But Bradley is in kindergarten, and if he he has to have a certain I don't know score on this test entrance, entrance this first grade entrance test to get into to um, first grade. So. Kind of stressing out about that. Um, we're, he's actually not stressing out about it. As a parent, I'm stressing out in that you're supposed to stress out about tests, but we're really not stressing out. He's, he's just, just kind of like, large. eh, yeah, I answered some questions. I'm good. <laughs> and um, he um, he's fine with it. And then um, Ella has leap test. So she can leap to the next grade, I guess. Absolutely. And then, you know, we talk about that testing week. And, of course, Ella was all like the teachers were really talking it up. So then she got all nervous and stuff. And so I went in there and gave her a good pep talk. And I thought it was neat. Her, she Yesterday, after your pep talk, she got a letter in the mail, which she loves. Both of my children love to get letters in the mail because that's just so awesome and great. And, um, and Brie. And Brie loves it. Brie loves to get it. All of our children love to get mail. Um, So anyway, she loves to get a letter in the mail. She got a letter in the mail from her teachers yesterday, and it was basically just encouraging her and saying, hey, you know, this test is one day out of your life or one week out of your life, but we know you're great all year round. The people grading this test don't know how awesome you are to your friends and how, you know, helpful you are in the classroom and how much you have um, advanced throughout this year. This test is just one moment in time, and we know the big picture, and so don't worry about getting upset about this test. 
this test is going to be awesome. It's going to be fine. Whether you pass it or not, we know how great you are. And it was just really the, encouraging. To the her. shout out to those teachers at Phoenix because they put a lot of thought into that letter. Man, it was articulated very well. So much that when we were having dinner, uh, even Bradley mentioned it. He was like, hell, I got a really good letter, Dad. <laughs> he did. And, and I think it's funny that the kindergartner pointed out it's from all of her teachers, so it sounds really good because they all wrote it. Like, he knows it's like not just one adult wrote it, but like all three of her teachers signed it. So. That's a great word, though, when you think about that. The, number one, the power of a written word in a, in a digital world, you know, to stop and write something and send it carries, number one, so much weight because even a young person knows how much time it takes to yeah, put right. something down. A five-year-old. like Go get a stamp, put an envelope, mail it. And Ann Bradley was impressed that they had to look up her address because he bet they didn't just know that. Because it's not like her name, that they just know her name. They had to look but they up. had to look up her address. So, man, it, it goes a long ways to stop and do that. But, you know, Christy, in that letter, it was such a powerful moment and, and, and really an awe moment, you know, because, as you said earlier, like they really pointed out that this is just one test, one day, one moment in your life. We know you. Right. And, man, that's a great word for you guys out there today because, you know, you may be going through some hard things. You may be going through your own tests or trials. And, man, we have to remember that that's just one season, you know, one situation in your life. And, and uh, man, it just doesn't measure you as a whole person. Exactly. And, and I, again, shout out to those teachers for encouraging them in such a way that um, it like that, just took the it because like literally the night before she was amped up. And when she got that letter, it just like took it took the level down. It did. It completely did. And and I, I'm from an education background. So I've taught kids that literally get so worked up about these kind of tests that like they they are physically ill. Mm-hmm. My niece is one that when she gets really, really upset, she, she gets physically ill. And when she gets really, really excited, she gets physically ill. <laughs> so if she goes, the the spectrum either goes way. either way with her, but, um, but testing was one of the things that made her physically ill. Like before she would get up in the morning before going to school and be physically ill that before she, because she knew she was going to take that test. Same thing on Christmas morning though. She knew she was getting up to get gifts. She would get physically ill. We'd have to wait on that before we could go down and, you know, open gifts and stuff. But at this, but those teachers and that, you know, it just, like you said, it just brought it down and it made it like, okay, I can get through this. This is just absolutely. So, um, so we have, uh, Bradley trying to test out of kindergarten and, uh, the bigs, the twins, they're trying to test out of their junior year of college (laughs) and go into their senior year. We do have quite a, quite an experience. Shout out to, uh, our, the twins went to great grace Christian school all the way through. And, uh, man, it paid huge dividends though, you know, with their dual enrollment that they had. And, and, uh, Abby and Emily are, will be wrapping up their junior year and starting their senior year just three years into it. So that's pretty amazing. Yes. So how do you pray for us? Well, you know, you have kids going into their senior year and kids going into their first year. That's how you pray for us. It's a broad <laughs> spectrum. Anything their first year of elementary, not their first year <laughs> of college. We have from first grade to senior year So of if you're college. looking for somebody to encourage you, maybe we could start a support club or something, you know, with old people with young kids. And uh, it's just 
out there. And, Easy on the old and, thing. Uh, man, it's an adventure. So, so that's what's happening with our kids. Uh, it's it's an exciting week. We're ready, ready for the bigs to wrap it up and come home. We're we're lonesome. So. Yes, they're coming home for the summer, and um, I'm sure they'll be traveling back and forth around during the summer. But yeah, they are um, getting close. Getting close. Not quite there yet, but getting there. Big week for you and I. It is a big week. This is the week. We've mentioned it before. It's our anniversary month. Now it's our anniversary week. Because that's how we celebrate in the Webb household. Right. At least a week. At least a week. So uh, we're excited about that. And man, um, we, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. But we have some big things happening in our life. So um, the farm, man. Update on the farm. Eight inches of rain. That's the update. That's Soggy. pretty much the update because nothing else can happen because all it is is rain. Mud. That's it. Mud. There's a lot of mud and standing puddles. What it is we- a great week, though. We're making people happy from the farm, from our farm to their table. So, uh, and that makes Brad happy. That too. makes us happy and <laughs> makes them happy. And they're getting some great, fresh beef. So beef, not vegetables, because the yeah, garden's still underwater. The garden is still underwater, <laughs> sadly. So, uh, no, pro- no progress. Still drying. <laughs> no still progress. Drying. That is literally what it says on Brad's. I was note. hoping yesterday. No progress, I was hoping yesterday. Dry. I looked at it. Well, maybe we can do something tomorrow, but it's supposed to start raining again. So, and you look at it, and it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like sad. Well, yeah, it's sad, but it's, it's tricky because you think, oh, well, you know, maybe it is dried up and you step one step into it and you sink all the way down to your, you know, your tennis shoe, the sole on your tennis shoe completely sinks and it's like, oh, wasn't as dry as it looked. It, it's very tricky. Um, it was a, it was a great week in our life though. We were able to spend this week really cur- encouraging some parents and kids and family members, uh, is we went through a leading through dysfunction weekend where we try to put tools in parents' hands to help them know how to navigate the waters of life. And and um, we had a guy in named Ricky Shalette who's at Living Hope Ministry. And, uh, man, all weekend we talked about what it meant to have children that are struggling with same-sex attraction or gender identity issues or things along those lines. And, you know, a lot of kind of the prevailing theme uh, in the mindsets of people in central Louisiana is, well, it doesn't really affect us. Not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. But, man, it's like uh, it's affecting so many people. Uh, It's happening so quickly. And, um, it is, it is, it is running rampant in central Louisiana. And so, man, we were, we were thankful to be able to get some great tools. And so, um, if you or anyone in your family or somebody that you know um, has has a family member or they are personally struggling in that area of um, sexual identity, same sex attraction, or or heterosexual attraction, you know, I mean, just like this whole sexual world, uh, man, we we were able to pick up some great tools this weekend, and we would love to to share that with you. And again, thank you, Ricky, for spending your weekend with us, and uh, has a great website livehope.org and so man if you want to go there there's uh open forums of support groups and and stuff so uh, it was it was it was really it went really well educational it was very educational and um he's just a great presenter the way he presents things it's not above your head or technical or weird um 
you don't feel like you're being preached to. He's just talking, you know, discussion, I think one of the talking big, to you. Yeah, one of the big takeaways for me, too, is we went into this thing thinking, okay, this is going to be for, like, older children, you know, older students and stuff. But, man, when he got through Saturday, I was like, every parent needs to hear what he just said, like, regardless of the age of their children, especially the younger ones, because it let us know, has, as you have younger children, how big of a role parents play in their children's life. I think that was my big takeaway yeah, from it. that's true. That's, it's a big deal. And yeah. you don't think about it. You just think, oh, they're a kid. But a lot's happening in that little body, um, in that, especially that brain, the cognit- cognitive synapses. Is that what he, that's yeah. the word he used? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So uh, if we could help you in any way on that, it'd be our treat to do that. You can reach out to us. And uh, our podcast family is growing. It's growing a little slower this week than last week. <laughs> A little bit at a time, though. A little though. bit at a time, though. Hey, at least we didn't go backwards. So. We are getting to um, 2,500. We are not there yet. We are at 1,561. 1,561. 1,561. If we can get to so, 1,561, we have a big prize. No, if we can get to 2,500. I mean, 2,500. We have the we big prize. We are at 1,561. The AirPods. And, and um, quite a few people have mentioned these AirPods to me. And are they in the running? Our our children want to know if they're in the running for those AirPods. <laughs> Our staff wants to know if they're in the running for the AirPods. So um, we have had some questions about the AirPod, but we've got to get those numbers up. Download numbers to 15. They're at 1,500, right above 1,500, and we're going to give the AirPods Are we sharing the map this week? When we're at 2,500. Bree's going to share the map on Instagram this week. We're coloring the map in. We talked about that. And so uh, uh, you you can see where people are beginning to listen from, and uh, that's cool. It's right. a cool concept. So, right. uh, thank you for sharing this with your friends. Uh, the fact that it, the numbers are continuing to increase means that you are sharing it, you are talking about it, and we hope that this is relevant for you. We hope that it's encouraging to you as we just kind of take a look into our life and and dive into a topic. And so, um, with that being said, it being anniversary week, someone we, asked we're diving, us we're diving to in dive deep into the subject of marriage. That is the subject. So today's topic is from our request line. Yes. Thank you for submitting topics and things for us to talk about. And we felt like this is a great week to talk about marriage and what that means. And um, one of the questions they had was God's plan for marriage versus what society's plan for marriage is. Yes. How does God's plan for marriage differ, differ. from, and I would say in a, huge way a lot of ways a lot of ways um god's plan definitely does differ from um our society today you know in the past i'm sure society was more um they had well more closely aligned the view of marriage has just changed over the years Mm -hmm. which i mean the view of most everything has changed over the years um so so yeah god's plan versus society's plan for marriage God's plans for marriage versus singleness, because we don't want to leave out all of our family out there. This part of our podcast world uh, that are single and are not married. So we don't want you to tune out just yet. Well, um, okay, so I can talk about the singleness more so than than Brad, probably, because I was um, I was 38 when I got married. So I was single for a long time because people, when you graduate from high school, people say, what college are you going to? When you graduate from college, they say, um, what are you, what's your job going to be? And when are you getting married? 
That's mm-hmm. that's the two things that they. And then when you get married, they say, "When are you going to have kids?" So that's like that's just a general question. I, I've always my whole life I was at, or I've seen people be asked that. You know, oh, what college are you going to? They never assume that you're not going to college. And then when you graduate from college, they assume, oh, what what field are you going into? That's a general. I mean, that's a given question. But the other question is, oh, you're not married. When are you going to get married? Like that's the next step a lot of times. And so. Um, Again, society versus God plan. God's plan is not for every human to get married. It is not. And, Some people are. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if God put a desire in your heart to get married, I think that then he put that he placed that there. He'll fulfill that plan. Mm-hmm. He'll fulfill that desire. But um, I know when I graduated from college, I had a friend who like literally felt like she was a failure because she had she was not married. When we got out of college and I was like, I do not feel as though I'm a failure because God has not put that in my life. And I was single for quite a while after after college and um, I enjoyed my singleness. That's I went, quite a few years of that singleness. That is quite a few years of singleness. Quite a few years after college. I didn't sit in a hole and say, woe is me. I'm single. I can't go and do. I can't be friends with married people. I can't talk to, you know my friends that were married, I can't speak to them or whatever because single people have a lot of, um, a lot to say too. And they sometimes offer a view of marriage that you don't even think about, um, to married people. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back around to that later on, but, um, it's okay if you're single, if God's out there, if, if your time is not right now to be married, that is not a big deal. And a lot of people, maybe in your life, I know in, in my life, it really bothered some people. It did not bother me that I was single for so long. Um, because I just, I just didn't feel like God had led me to that person yet. Um, that, you know, he was maybe doing a work in it, maybe in your life, he's doing a work in your life to get you ready for marriage or maybe he's waiting and doing a work in that other person's life and either way it's not that time yet and you're okay with it um but I know a lot of people that are feeling like oh I've missed that you know I've missed that perfect time to get married well that's where that's where people really struggle with the urge to try to help God out yes that that's true you know God hadn't brought that person to me so let me let me help him arrange that. Let me arrange that meeting. Let me. And I had a lot of people try to arrange those meetings for me. Christy, matter of fact, Christy is going to write a book one day. And it has <laughs> a phenomenal topic. We've we've laughed I... about this in our immediate family. And then she had the opportunity to uh, speak at a Christian women's group uh, luncheon. And uh, they called and said, we need to know the topic that you're speaking on. And so Christy comes home and of course, you know, she wasn't prepared or anything to speak on it yet. And to, to, to the whole family, all six of us, uh, said, what, if, what, if I, what, I gotta come up with a topic. What's my topic going to be? And immediately, uh, myself and the twins, we were just like your book title. <laughs> I do have a book title. Two morticians, two morticians and a guy named Judas. How, How became I became a preacher's wife. A preacher's wife. That's right. Two morticians and a guy named Jesus. And so you did speak on that. Tell your story about how God led you through that. And it's funny because through your dating process, you, you dated a guy named Judas and two morticians, and you ended up being a pastor's wife, and here I, you are today. I did. And, Not everybody and, goes um, down that road, trust me. Yeah. Um, any parts of that road. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I love the time that you asked, the lady asked you, so like, uh, when did you know you were going to be a pastor's wife? And Chrissy was like, 
when I said I do. <laughs> when the pastor said, do you want to get married? Um, but again, I think God has, God does have a plan for certain people. And that particular person felt led from a very young age that she wanted to be a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. I did not, I didn't know that, but you know, some God puts desires in people's hearts. Um, and, and he arranged that she did grow up to be a a pastor's wife. She married a pastor or married a man who became a pastor. And so God fulfilled that desire. Yeah. And if God truly puts that desire there, he'll bring he it will. about. And also, I think one of the main things I really want to stress too, and, and as Chrissy said, she can speak to this a lot more than me because she was single for so much longer than I, but singleness is, does not equal brokenness. No. And a lot of people do try to fix you. And you know, it's funny, um, and this is just my, my personal experience was my married friends, their husbands would always try to fix me in that. Well, if you were nice, if you, if you spoke nicer, maybe you would date. I'm like, excuse me. Did you just tell me, you know, really, that is not the way to make me be nicer is to tell me I need to be, I should be nicer or whatever. But they would always be like, you know, just different little and and these were really good friends of mine. These weren't just random. So maybe they you know. were just trying to get rid of you. They probably were. No, <laughs> they were not. Um, I don't think. But anyway, um, it's funny that people do think. Oh, it. And maybe you're not broken, but we can just make you better mm-hmm. so that you're, you know, more presentable or whatever. Yeah. Let yeah, us. Yeah, singleness doesn't equal brokenness, and it could equal blessed being blessed. Definitely. Because there's so many things that you know. Some people that I've talked to have been single for a long time. There's so much that they learned about God, about themselves, and, and God did some things in their life that would not have happened had they married at an early age. And I think that, um, you know, you have to love yourself enough to be happy with yourself and be okay. You know, I'm, I don't need a, another person to fulfill me. I am okay. If this, is, if this is how God wants me, I'm okay with that. And some people are so quick to say, oh, well, I've, uh, you know, I, and, and sometimes in divorce, this is a, a an issue or I- even in the death of a spouse, it's like, you can't be alone for any amount of time. You know, you have to be, mm-hmm. you have to be married. And then if you get a divorce, you have to be dating. And then if you are dating, you have to, you know, follow that next step, mm-hmm. or at least you have to have some, even if it's just stuck in the dating world or stay in the dating world, not stuck in it, but stay in the dating world. You always have to have another person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not happy with yourself just by yourself. I remember when that happened to me, like I didn't want to be alone. Like I had never, I had never really been alone. Right. You know, and uh, when I was alone, I, I would go close down Hastings. You know, Hastings <laughs> had just opened at that time. And so, man, I just sit in the coffee shop and whatever on my computer or talk to whoever was there. But it's what you just said. You, and I had to get to that point where I was okay with what God was doing in my life. Yeah, being you know? by yourself. And, and that's, that's deep, Christy. That's rich. And so, man, you may be out there struggling today, and it's kind of you may be you may even be struggling because you're resisting what God's trying to do in your life because He's just trying to get you to that point in that place where you're completely confident in who you are and and what God's doing in your life in this season while He's leading you. Are oh, that's a great word, preparing preparing your your spouse for you so so we've talked about single we our topic is marriage and yeah well, and we've we spent the whole time single, single so. this so yeah but once you do god if god does choose to take you through that season of singleness or whatever no matter how long it lasts you're not broken you're not and and maybe again maybe you're just not 
meant for marriage. You know, there are people like Mm -hmm. Paul in the Bible never got Mm -hmm. married. And he Mm -hmm. said, I'm not meant for marriage. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that I'm not meant for it. So the Bible does say it's a good thing when a man finds a woman. <laughs> it does say so it that says in Proverbs eighteen twenty two. It, it it's a good that. thing because anyway. because men need help. Okay, I did point this out to Brad when yes, we were talking did. about yes, when we were did. talking about preparing for this um, earlier. Topic. I said, um, well, you know, in the Bible it says that Adam needed a helper, a help so God yep. a helpmate. And and so God made Eve. Nowhere in the Bible does it say a woman needs help. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. And and I'm I'm probably gonna get some feedback of yes, read this verse. But to my knowledge, and I am not the pastor here, but the pastor's not correcting me. He's just looking at me. Um it it said Adam needed help, but it did not say that it And it so God say created that. woman. Yes. And so that's God's plan. I think God's plan is versus the world's plan. Is the world, the world, man, the world wants you to view marriage as a contract. God wants us to view marriage as a covenant. Because that was a specific question that was asked. Society's role in marriage versus, you know, and and today, you know, with the redefining of marriage now uh, between uh you know, no longer just a man and a woman, which is how marriage is defined for since the Garden of Eden, you know, I mean, way back then, uh, now we've redefined it to it can be between, uh, you know, two men or two women. And, and now even like we talked about this weekend with Ricky, now it's being redefined uh, to have to constantly be evolving. But God's original plan was that when a man and a woman came together, they actually reflected the great image and and reflected God's character and who who he really is. And uh, because when you study every attribute of God, and especially in the Greek language and stuff, um, the, there's the the feminine the feminine uh, part of it of the part of speech, and then there's the masculine part of the Greek language. And when you begin to look at God and you read about God, you have to begin to unpack: is that in the feminine context of that word, or in the masculine form of it? But God has this very uh, rugged masculine uh, part of His character. But he also has this very feministic side of God. And when man and woman come together in marriage and God's perfect plan and harmony, it's like they bring about the completion of the image of God, the, the, the rough and tumble part of him, and then the, the, uh, the softer side of, of God. And uh, it's a beautiful picture when you really think about it. And that's how Christ is with the church, and that's the... Exactly how the, Christ is with the church, and you the know, example um, or vision in the Bible, Christ is with the church as the husband and the wife. You know, and so marriage. in that, we're never more like God than when we were in perfect harmony and in marriage, because you're bringing about the completion of God's character and who He is. Because He gave Eve certain characteristics, and He gave Adam certain characteristics, and you know, regardless of um, 
what people do or say now in the in in this whole transgender world that we live in you know god made male a certain way a certain bone structure a certain muscular structure and certain things about him and he made ladies and women in a completely different way and uh man you know we really bring about the beauty of god i love one of my favorite things uh to be at a wedding is the unity cross um, where it has this rugged outline of a cross that represents man, and then there's this beautiful uh, uh, cross that's very uh, dainty and uh, elegant, and it fits in the other cross, and it represents the woman. And But when those things come together, God begins to be the glue that holds all that together. And, and you know, uh, probably 10 years ago, there was a book that came out um, called The Shack, and um, it's a, it a profound book in my life, a uh, hard, hard book to read. It upset the Christian community so much, some people who were very rigid in their, their, their ideology and theology, because when the guy was portraying God, in the book, he was portraying him as a woman. As a woman, I remember. And that like, part. it just shook the whole theological world. And it's like, man, this blasphemy. How can he portray God as a woman? And uh, but in that book, if you've read it or something like that the guy, the guy would not have been able to really connect with God. Um, due to uh, where his past relationship with his father, and so that maternal instinct that came along. And uh, everything about God is that way. If you look at his cre- creation, you can see the feminine characteristics of God in the detail and and in that whole aspect. So I think God's plan for marriage is to, number one, that we would reproduce children that would be in his image, that we would be light bearers of God. And so, you know, God's plan is to have this covenant, to have love, to have this union, that the two complete one another not compete with one another well and it's funny that you say the way you said that in a, a minute ago it said you said god's plan for marriage and god has a definite definitive plan and you said versus society in marriage so think about that phrase i think one of the most important things about how to how to god has a plan for your marriage society is in your marriage just the way you said that mm-hmm. God's plan versus society in marriage. You didn't say society's plan in marriage, just the way you said it. I think part of our I think excuse me, preached. part of our problem is society has come into our marriage and we are so bad about um, you know, comparativeness and saying what is what does society think of my marriage? What does society think of the way I treat my husband? What does society think of the way my husband treats me? What does society think of the roles that my um, husband plays in the house or the roles that I play in the house? And, and that's exactly what you're saying is, or or exactly what you, I think you misspoke Mm -hmm. when you actually said it, you probably meant God's plan versus society's plan. But you said versus society in marriage mm-hmm. and the Bible talks about the three, the three person cord that the, that by, that the marriage represents mm-hmm. and it's the husband, the wife and God. It's not the husband, the wife and society, mm-hmm. social media or even other people in your family are not in your marriage. You know, you can't That's go a great point. talk to There's somebody not room for it. 
there's not room for another person. No, there's not. Or another aspect or another idea or another thought. And we've talked before that problem. One of the problems that I see with the younger generation is they can't make a decision unless they have five likes and, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 opinions on, you know, through social media or whatever. But more importantly, when you get to your marriage, your marriage, my marriage does not look like my sister's marriage. Mm And, you know, my brother's marriage does not look my, not even my parents' marriage. My parents' marriage was different, you know, and you can't say, oh, well, my marriage is right or wrong based on any other version of marriage except your own. I had a, a good friend of ours, and I'm not going to call his name out, call him out on the podcast, but uh, he, he told me the other day, he said um, when he got married, the parent, her parents owned some land, and man, like, they wanted to give them land and build, and, and, and it was really this tension because he wouldn't do it, and, and my friend said, I have to go, I have to go be my family. I've got to go establish my family. I've got to have this space, you know, and now quite a few years later they're coming back and and taking up on that offer and stuff and 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 will be in closer proximity to the family but they've solidified their way they've solidified their family and that's what you're saying don't try to duplicate don't you be authentic to who you are as a couple right and 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 give space for that to happen now we are by no means saying if your daddy wants to give you land on his property, go take it and build your house. I am not. I don't have a problem with that. I totally understand, though, that you are saying you don't want to. You can't. Well, I agree with what you're saying. Have somebody else in the middle the of your person was saying is we're not ready for that. Right. I've, we've got to go establish us. We've got to establish our family. Yeah, and some people can do that sharing a backyard, and some people can't. Right. I mean, there, but you have to have, and this all goes back to, and and so many things do boundaries. You have to set up boundaries from the very beginning of another topic. Somebody wants us to talk about that in the was that that is a topic that the came Bible up on says our though it's a, a man shall leave his mother and father, that you is, know, and the yeah. two shall become one, and they shall establish their family and their their legacy. And man, there's just not room for somebody else in your marriage. And there's not. And we're not and just talking about like a extramarital affair. We're talking about people being in opinions. Your, yeah, opinions. There's in not your room for other opinions in your marriage, and um, and sometimes those opinions are very strong, and sometimes they're things that you have done. I know, um, my whole life, my family does things a certain way, and Brad's family does things a different way, and we um, we got married in the spring. But it it did not take very long. Actually, the I remember the fir- very first Thanksgiving because when you get married in in April, you don't really have a big, you know, mm. Easter had already passed that year, and you don't have a big family gathering it's until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving, we had an eye opening experience that my family is, does not do things the way his family does, and so I had this vision of what. Thanksgiving was going to be and he had this vision of what Thanksgiving was going to be and when those two visions came together it was very blurry Did they come very, together? Well, we Did were, they come together? We were in the car together for six <laughs> hours so they came together and we but, said never again. And we did. We right then we said, okay, we are making a different rule in our marriage yeah. that does not go with my family or with Brad's family. Yeah. But we are making a, a you know a decision in our marriage that we have to defend our holidays or design our holidays different Mm -hmm. because it just didn't work out. So 
One of the things uh, that was asked of us about marriage, though, is how do you how do you give value to your marriage? And that's that's a great question, you know, because you and I talked about it for a few moments. And, you know, I think one of the best ways to determine how you value something is, you know, what do you give towards it? How do you treat it? How do you treat it? You know, you, if something's valuable, you treat it different differently than something that's not valuable. It's kind of we did a podcast on this not long ago, and uh, you know that that reel that was yeah. Pastor Matt Cousin. Yeah. You know, he treats that, devalues it differently. And uh, man, you have to quantify what the value of your marriage is, and you can't go on how you feel today because our feelings are all over the place. You that's know, right. God made and, us to be emotional people, and that's a good thing. So I don't want to say, you know, don't feel or you can't feel that way, but our feelings will lead us astray so much. So how do you have a good uh, grounded center on how I'm going to determine, give? how am I going to give value to my marriage? How am I going to appreciate it? Let it have an appreciation instead of a depreciation. Well, I think that, that goes back to you have to, from the very beginning, have a, I'm in this for mm-hmm. For, you know, forever I'm in this and you don't, um, it's not something that it you're trying on, you know, you can mm-hmm. take it back if you don't like that, or it's not something that you're going to update next year with a better model. Um, it's not like clothing that you can return to Dillard's, but it's not like a, you know, a car either that you take in and say, Hey, fix this, this mm-hmm. thing and, and give it back to me. It's, it's work. And people think that, you know, oh, well, this just didn't work out. Society will tell you, oh, well, it didn't work out. Y'all are two different people. Go your separate ways mm-hmm. and forget it. And I don't think that's. Yeah, marriage is hard work. And, you know, it's hard because, you know, the Bible has so much to say about marriage. And maybe we can come back on another episode and go deeper with it, you know. But it teaches us this in Ephesians about how husbands are to love their wives and wives are to respect their husbands. And, uh, man, both of those can be hard, you know, to just constantly show love and then constantly show respect. And as you're walking those things out, we begin to look at what the value really is. And, man, to, to for something to constantly appreciate, it has to constantly be invested in. Yes, consciously. Consciously. That's, that's my thing that's is, is you have to consciously think because – you know, your mind is going to do what it wants to do. It, you're going to probably think the or let me talk, let me say this. I am probably going to think the worst from the very beginning. And I have to consciously say, no, that's not right. You know, I have to consciously think I am, I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to think the best. And if I even question it, I'm going to say, didn't you mean like this? And, and one of the rules we have, Brad and I have are not rules. I, I keep Tool, using the word tools. tools. That's, that's a good one. Um, one of the tools that Brad and I have is we um, we have what we call marital discussions. Yes, and we do. And we introduce topics maybe today and say, hey, we need to have a marital discussion about X, Y, Z, whatever the topic is. I mean, it could be we need to talk about finances and we need to talk or we need to talk about something very important like finances in the house or, you know, Whatever. Or vacation. Or it could be something as minor as we're going on vacation. We need to have a marital discussion about where we're going because we've already talked about if when Brad gets in vacation mode, it's got to go. But anyway, side note, Brad is a vacation Nazi. But anyway, we, um, we will 
we will have what's called a marital discussion. And we we say right now, we want to have a marital discussion about this topic. And you let that person think about it. Yeah, 24 hours. In our marriage, we give each other 24 hours to to be able to come back and talk about the subject. Right. And even if you do it in anger, we're going to have to talk about this. You don't talk about it then. And and you may wonder why we do that. And this is a great tool, and it's probably one of the greatest tools for our marriage, honestly. Because the the person who's ready to have the marital discussion um, has... um, been stewing on it they're locked and loaded they're ready the person who is oblivious to there's even a problem here when 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 that other person who's been stewing on it for a while begins to share all of a sudden now you're just naturally defensive and you go on the defense and so you know we'll say something like hey i want to have a marital discussion about you know, you're spending too much money or, uh, you know, you're never going to pay Jacob off at the co-op or something like that, you know. And so uh, we'll, Don't laugh. we'll we've had that conversation. <laughs> she asked yesterday, I said, I stopped by the co-op. She said, what far? No, I know I didn't. I said, how much is that going to cost? Or did $2.88. That, cost? that was my response. But so the whole point is, um, you know, you have a chance to be able to respond to where you can solve the issue or address the issue or plan something. You know, not long ago I said, Hey, I need to have a marital discussion, you know, about, about the motorhome. And she's like, what does that it? qualify for a marital discussion? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what are we going to do with it? We had to make plans. We for got it. to use it. And so I need you to nail down some plans. Yes. So, you know, and that says within 24 hours, I want to come back. So it doesn't always have to be something bad, but you, if you say, I want to intentionally have a conversation about this, and you get past the, oh, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't care. So so those are good tools. Other tools, man, and takeaways, just be nice. Right. Just be nice be to nice. each other. I mean, don't, don't be don't be an ass. <laughs> I mean, there's just Can no other way that? to say it. I just said it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to fight when you're just being nice. Yes. Being nice goes a long ways. And- like, you're don't wake up thinking how can I aggravate this person or make this person mad. So anyway, just be nice. That's it's, it be seems, nice. it seems very simple when you say it, but sometimes it's not. We're way over on our time here today. Oh, sorry. But we have a couple other tools that we can give them for a takeaway besides just being nice. <laughs> well, mine that I wrote down, I've already said conscious thought. You have to make the effort. It's not going to come to you naturally because we're human and we don't, we are not naturally nice. And sometimes we have to work on choose it. Choose to be positive. We have to choose to be positive because that negative is a really big, it's a little bitty sign, that negative sign, but it takes a lot to get over it sometimes. And then it's the give and take. It's not, you can't just take, take, take. And um, maybe you're right. Maybe we do need to circle back on this. Got a lot, a lot to say. It's a lot to say. I know. Wow. And then, you know, on the marital discussion, though, and, you know, sometimes you may get in the middle of it. That doesn't mean you're going to fix it when you have it. Yeah. Like, just because you had that marital discussion doesn't mean you resolved it. But if like, you, you talk may about need it. to say, hey, I, okay, I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to go, I need to go process it. Right. But if you've taken a, a 24 hour period to think about it, number one, you've calmed down. You're not mad about it's not it. Emotional. You're not emotional about it. And so you can talk about it calmly, respectfully, respectfully and lovingly. And, lovingly. Which lets us fulfill Ephesians and then five. at that point, you can say, 
okay, well, let's, you know, let's come back to this. Let's take another 24 hours or whatever and, um, and talk about it again. Now that, now that I know what you're thinking, maybe I need to talk about it. Maybe we need to, we need to plan another marital discussion because I, I need to, I need to not defend, defend myself, but I need to get, you know, my thoughts around what you're thinking or your, your viewpoint or whatever. Absolutely. So we need your thoughts. If you'd like for us to have a deeper conversation on this subject where we dive in a little bit deeper on there, please go to our Facebook page and our Instagram page and tell us what you think. Please don't talk about this subject ever again, or please talk more. Maybe you want us a single person out there and you want us to dive a little bit deeper into that context. I mean, let us know what you think. Thank you so much for giving us this topic from our audience uh, and not just giving it to us with a blanket approach, but for saying, how do I add value? How does God see it versus society? Like giving us those inputs on that. Thank you so much. And uh, this is your show. It's your your audience. We, we're here for you. Uh, Christy and I talk to each other all the time. And so we're just hoping that we can share a little bit and give you some little gems from our life. And hey, it's our anniversary week. So we got to get out of here and go on a trip. Yes. yes. <laughs> so here's how our anniversary trip is going to be wonderful. How? Uh, we know we're going north. He knows we're going north, yes. And I told her she had till we got to Texarkana to make a decision on which direction from there. That's that's how we go on our trips sometimes. Because those sometimes can be the greatest adventures. That's right. It's not so. about the destination, but the person you're taking the adventure with. Oh. <laughs> If you know so, the person, that does freak some people out. But we we do well with that. This is a tried method. This is us. It Bree, works well. Bree is literally like um, breaking out in hives over here. Just the thought of going on a trip and not knowing where she's going is driving her crazy already. And she's not even going on the trip. So with that being <laughs> said, while I am on vacation, I'm going to stay humble and hustle hard. You know what? I'm not going to have a... To to captivate your love for me for another 10 years. Oh, wow. That was deep. You had to work on that one. Good job, though. <laughs>